like you have logic and you have emotion, right? When you react, you're going off of emotion. When you respond, you're going off of logic, right? So you talk about decision-making and, and, and forming habits and things like that. Try to make decisions based off your logic instead of your emotion. In other words, try to respond instead of react. My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and this is the Compete Everyday Podcast, a show designed to encourage and equip you with the tools to build a winning mindset so you can build your winning life. Text PODCAST to 972-945-9113 to join our Morning Motivation Club and visit CompeteEveryday.com for past podcast episodes and to learn more about our resources and gear for ambitious people who are ready to start winning. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, Competitor Nation. Jake here, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and super excited to be able to introduce to you, if you don't know him already, BJ Armstead. BJ is a member of Competitor Nation. He's somebody that's been in and around the brand for a while now, and I'm so excited to have a conversation with him as he continues to pursue a career in counseling and sports performance. The guy just has a passion for helping others, and what I love most about his work and our conversations is it's really easy for us in life to make the excuse that we're not far enough ahead to help others. We don't have the degree yet. We don't have the job yet. We're not making this much money. We haven't lost this much weight that, that we can't help others. And we tell ourselves this excuse and we listen to it. But as BJ's life continues to show, like you only have to be a step or two ahead of someone to help them. You only have to be two steps ahead to show that person there what the next one they should take is. And BJ is just passionate about helping others and committing to help others build their best mindset so they can go build their best life. It's no different than a lot of the work I'm doing. And so today's conversation, we dive into feelings and thoughts, how we are not our feelings. We are not our thoughts. We don't have to be victim to what goes on in our head. We can make the choice to take action, to do the work, to, to move forward despite how we may be feeling. And BJ's got an encouraging message for all of you today. So I'm super excited you're here for this. I'm excited to get him to the show. But before I do, I want to encourage you with this quick reminder to head on over to community.competeeveryday.com. Download the new Mighty Networks app. Join the free community online. Get connected. We're posting stuff. We've abandoned Facebook mainly because I'm tired of Facebook. I'll be honest with you. We still put a little content out there, but really I'm spending less time on there so I can spend time in places where I can be more productive and I can better encourage and help folks. And so I'm spending less time on Facebook and so is a lot of the community. So head on over to community.competeeveryday.com. You can grab the free membership, get started immediately on there. Or if you want to up it a little bit, we have a few membership levels, including the opportunity to get the podcast every day. I know today is Wednesday if you're listening to this on the episode that drops, but I have a new episode every single day of the week. And so you can find out how to get that secret podcast subscription, support the show, get a new episode every day to help you start the day with intention, a little bit of motivation, a lot of action so you can go take action in your life. But I'm creating it all with the mindset to help you build the mindset, build the skills, build the habit so you go build your best life. That's what I'm about. I want to see you win, and I'm cheering for you to win. Now, 
Let's get into today's brand new episode with competitor nation member BJ Armstead. BJ, my man, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. I'm super excited to have you here today hanging out, man. Thanks for having some time. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. So for the listeners, you've been uh, involved, man. You've been around Competitor Nation. You and I have been connected online for a while. And so I'm really excited to have this conversation Obviously, while we're talking about it from an excitement level, I believe uh, your Georgia Bulldogs just won a national really? championship. Hey, go dogs. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was afraid. Uh, Nick Saban, anytime he coaches a team, I don't care if it's a 10 or team, I am not uh, comfortable. So, yep. so I'm just glad we were able to pull it out, man. You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I almost cried. I was like, man, I'm just so happy to beat Nick Saban finally. Um, beat Alabama. So I've loved, I was about to say, I've loved all the videos online of guys crying and their wives, girlfriends filming it. And they're like, they didn't, he didn't cry at our wedding. He didn't (laughs) cry when our kids were born. He cries when Georgia wins the national championship. Uh, what a, uh, what a game, you know, it's, it's funny watching that as, as sports fans and also in the performance space and, and mental performance space. Because it's, I mean, that's a whole other atmosphere. And both of those schools put a high emphasis on the mental side. I know with Alabama, you've got Dr. Kevin Alco's on campus. You have, I know Ben Newman does work with them. Trevor Mawad did when he was around. So they, they put a heavy emphasis on this because of highs and lows. You know, on Saban's side, it's how do you, how do you keep them hungry when they're used to being the best? And Georgia's side, how do you take the mentality that you are not little stepbrother? Like you can compete at this level. And so it's really fun to watch it play out. Um, but I always love after the fact. And, and I know you probably saw a lot of this, but the, the two pieces that stood out to me from a mental side was one leadership when Saban grabbed Bryce Young and those guys at the table and, and just was like, this game doesn't define them. And I thought, man, what a powerful moment for every athlete to think about that a single game does not define who you are as an individual and will not define the rest of your career and the impact you have. And then secondarily is the conversation between uh, Coach Nick Saban and Coach Kirby Smart after the game when Saban's like, you guys kicked our ass in the fourth. And all Kirby cared about was like, how's your receiver? Like that is, that's what it means to be a competitor of like during that 60 minutes, we are all out, we are trying to win. But as soon as that game's over, it's respect because of what we brought to the table. So I know you've got your hands on a couple of different things right now. I know you're, you're almost graduating as well with that focus on this. You've got your Apollo sports counseling. You do life counseling, work with athletes on the mental performance side. You've got your hands in everything. And so I guess the biggest question I have for you is, as I know you got the love for sports, but where did kind of the passion come from to, to work with people on the mindset side, not only just mindset, but, but dealing with mental illness and mental health as well. Yeah, so um, I have a mental health background. Uh, my mother actually was a social worker for the last, I want to say, 30, 35 years. And so she's been a social worker, I want to say, since 1980 or 19, maybe the late 70s, to be honest. Um, and with me being born in 1995, as soon as I came out of her womb, it was like, I'm going with her to the courthouse. I'm going with her to like the whatever social work things we have to go to. Um, so for me, just growing up in a mental health background or a mental health household provided that background for me to be passionate about it. Um, and then just seeing certain things in my neighborhood where I grew up in Atlanta, um, knowing I could offer assistance to certain people that needed it, 
was very important to me. I think my my athletic side, that was my dad. That was my father. That was, you know, we were bumping heads and going, I'm waking them up, waking them up at eight o'clock in the morning. Hey, let's go catch some ground balls. Let's go hit. Let's go whatever. Put some shots up. So uh, for me, it was just my mother, the mental health side. And my dad was like the athletic side. So. Okay. So I'm, I'm curious, actually, uh, I have a question about you from, from following it, your mom along is the conversations obviously from when she started, mm -hmm. even to when you were born and I'm about 12 years older than you to now there's a whole lot more conversation. I mean, we've talked about on the show with sports psychologists, like there's more conversations around mindset, mental performance on the athlete side, but especially on the mental health side. And so yeah. watching that up close, how have you seen her work maybe change as some of the conversations become a little more mainstream? Mm -hmm. I think uh, my mother works a lot with the youth. Um, okay. I think that's where I get my passion with working with young athletes from, um, kind of combining the two. But as you watch professional teams and professional athletes emphasizing the stress that they get from their sport and how that impacts their human state, I think that's the important conversation that's happening now. And my thing is, how can we get younger athletes to be educated about mental health. I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm very excited. I'm very glad. I'm grateful that, you know, athletes are learning this at the D1 level. The, the power five schools have certain people to work with them. Um, and then the professional athletes have guys to educate them on stress, anxiety, depression, trauma, things like that in regards to their sport and how, and how, that, how that has an effect on them as a person. But how can the younger kids get that information as well? Right. I think if we can educate the younger kids at a, at, you know, at a younger level, they'll already be ready by the time they get up to the college level. So, yeah, no, absolutely. There's so there's somebody I, I should connect you with as well. If you, Are you familiar with Stephen Mackey? I'm not. OK, so Stephen's here in Texas. Uh, he runs a program called Two Words. I've had him on the Raising Competitors podcast. And he does curriculum for schools on character and leadership development. But really, it's a lot of this stuff. Uh, and he comes in and help, tries to help those athletes because he saw a similar passion in Texas locally of trying to do that with these schools and partner with these schools to help those kids have that advantage. Because a lot, we know what happens in sports, like how many hundreds of thousands of kids play high school athletics and then only a teeny tiny bit go on to D1. And of that, a teeny tiny bit are like power five. Yeah. Majority of them are, you know, you play D2 or one double A, D2, D3, and then, you, you know, it's life. And so most of us, like we have lessons from sports. We have things that we learned in that arena that most of us never learn how to connect the dots or translate it to life outside. We leave on the field, on the field and in off the field, off the field when the lessons cross between. And so I love that passion on your end to help those younger athletes connect the dots. One of the things I'm curious about is how do you talk to them and, and how do you work with your athletes from a life coaching, even the sport coaching side handling failure. And the reason I'm going to set this up, uh, you're, you're an Atlanta fan, you're a Georgia fan, you Braves as well. Right. That's oh, yeah. like some suffering you've had now, obviously this year, not, but like in the past, it's been like, Falcons, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, it's like every time Atlanta would get a run, it's like, Oh, Yankees again, like what, what's going on? Like, but like, there was something about that where like, I would say sports fans on the couch, discredit a lot of that but i see the 90s braves as one of the greatest franchises of all time similarly i see the 90s buffalo late 80s 90s buffalo bills as one of those because like you get sucked i mean not even sucker punch you get kicked in the teeth 
And you keep going back every single year because in sports that doesn't happen. Like you lose the Super Bowl record says you're going to suck the next year. And Buffalo kept going back. So as someone who's lived it as a fan of just kind of that heartbreaking failure, but we see it every day in sports and life. And we know it's a part of the path to being great and getting there. So how do you kind of help reframe people's mindsets around that? Um, I think the biggest thing is not looking at the W and L holistically. I think breaking that down into the lessons, right? What did we learn? What can we use um, to help us get better for the next time we're going to face the same obstacle? Um, I always tell people who are around my age group, um, teenage and young adult, I always say life is cyclical, meaning you're going to face the same exact obstacle again at some point in your life. Write down what you learned from it this time, even though you failed. Write down what you learned. Whatever you learn from it, write it down. Go back and look at it constantly. That way you're training your brain to automatically react. Next time you get into this situation, and I learned this, Jake, it's funny. I learned it. I learned a lot when I was in high school. When I was, when I was a junior in high school, that's when I started learning things a lot. And what I would do, man, I would sit down and I would just observe. I wouldn't say anything. And I was one of the most talkative kids. I was saying like 10th grade. Junior year, everybody's like, why aren't you talking? I'm like, I'm, I'm having fun just observing things and looking like, and what I did was when I was observing people, I would put myself in their shoes and ask myself, okay, if I'm in this situation, what would I do? Right? Like, how would I handle this situation? I see them handling it in a certain way, but if I was there, what would I do? Right? So I think in life, if you're able to learn things from failure, you're going to face that same obstacle again. Um, now, as far as like, you know, you brought up the Braves in the 90s, you yeah. brought up the Buffalo Bills, teams who have consistently been in championship games, right, in championship series over and over and over and over again. How did you fail or how did you not win the previous time? Let's fix that. And next time we go up, we have a chance to better what we did the previous time. Um, obviously, that doesn't work with Nick Saban teams uh, <laughs> or teams that play against Nick Saban. But um, I think in life, like I said, it's cyclical, right? You're going to face it again. Find out what you learn from it and adjust. So one of the things you said there, I'm curious about it, and part of it I'll kind of tee up afterwards, but you mentioned being able to sit and observe people, especially in high school. And, and I find that a very emotionally mature that yeah. I didn't have at that age. And a lot of people I think listening probably yeah. couldn't have. But one of the things and struggles I think we go through sometimes is even when we're observing others and saying, oh, they're handling that, like, how would I want to do that? We're not taking into account that internal feeling of what that person's feeling in that moment. And a lot of us are victims to our default feelings and behaviors versus our desired ones. Mm -hmm. And so from your standpoint, having had that awareness, how did you, and, and maybe even now, because working with individuals on the mental illness side, how do you help people separate feeling the feelings from being controlled by the feelings? Mm -hmm. um, sort of telling them that you're not your thoughts, right? Like I think thoughts have play a huge part in how you feel about something, but. Um, say, I want you to say that again, because I, I know that's so true <laughs> of what that opening line. Yeah. You are not your thoughts. Right? Like you're not your thoughts. Um, but being able to separate the two is very important. Which is crazy because most of us think just because we think something that we have to listen to it or it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to, I used to tell people all the time. I now, again, these are just my words and how I feel about things, but 
sort of telling them like, listen, there's a there's a, a, a barrier between you having a thought versus or a barrier from you having a thought. Then you process the thought and then you develop an emotion in response to that thought. If you can control that little area between you having that thought and you developing that emotion in, in response to that thought, that's where you want to be. But there's a little small, like probably, I don't know, a couple of milliseconds, right, from you having a thought to you developing an emotional response to that thought. So I think just being able to control emotions is very important, but it all goes back to understanding I'm not that thought. Yes, I had a thought. I don't have to act on it, though. I don't have to develop in response. I don't have to, or in reaction, I don't have to develop a, an emotional reaction to that thought I just had. No. Yeah. And I think about that, you know, I think about when those internal thoughts and, and that internal voice is a lot like telling somebody the other day, it's like advertising. Like we see billboards, we see magazines, we see messages every single day that their sole purpose is to get you to buy something. And we see it. We don't always react to it. We don't immediately just because we see, a, you know, what happens in Vegas commercial, we're like, oh, that man, that feels like that would be a fun time. We don't just immediately jump on our phone, start booking our flight and go. We just kind of say, oh, cool. And then we reshift our focus to what we need to do in that moment. And I feel like it's the same way internally. And the more awareness we build around that of we are not our thoughts, as well as we don't have to entertain every thought that we think of, just like we don't have to give in to every excuse that pops in our head the better equipped we are. But that's the, I feel like that's the, it's a word I have for cognitive discipline, right? Like you have to be disciplined from your thoughts as well. Like even, I think people have a tough time with dealing with that because it's like, I trust myself. So if I think something, I should act. And I get that, like, that's cool. Like, I'm not telling you don't trust yourself. By all means, do your thing. However, however, you're still consuming certain forms of media every day. You're still listening to music. You're watching TV. You're doing all of this stuff to try to alter your thoughts. Be cognizant of that, right? And really think about things 10,000 times before you do, right? So I think that's a huge thing. And that, you know, cognitive discipline is a word I have for it, but the act of separating yourself from your thoughts is cognitive or cognitive diffusion is separating yourself from your thoughts. But cognitive discipline is what I have in regards to disciplining yourself from committing an action based on your thoughts. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I just can't help but think about that. Like those things internally will trick us. Like mm-hmm. I know at 19, some of the biggest regrets I have in my life is because I had a pit in my gut and I was feeling like everything I've been told on my, listen to your gut. Like when your gut says that, like you got to run looking back, I was simply scared, scared out of my mind yeah. and afraid of failing And so that gut was just like, you're about to do something you've never done before. You need to grow into it. But I mistook it because I was listening to my gut instead of processing the thoughts and the situation. And I ran from an opportunity and I carry the regret of that. So what you're saying echoes so truly in just the day-to-day life that sometimes that feeling inside is, is not actually what we think it is. And unless we're doing the work to build awareness around it, we're in trouble as well as understanding we have to separate ourselves from it. So at this point, we're early into 2022. What is like something just small we can do on a daily basis, that little bitty habit step that if we just kind of incorporate into a morning routine or evening routine can help us start to separate more of the thinking that we are not our thoughts. Um, Awareness. Awareness is a huge thing. And I say that because many times we just react. Right. We react. We get up out the bed. We just react. And 
Um, I think when you have time to slow your life down, you have time to sit in, well, sit down and just be one with yourself. See, we have what's called a phone in 2022. And this phone is like, and it's in our pocket, it's in our hands, it's what controls our attention. And companies know that. So they do whatever they can to keep your attention. Yep. Um, but I think if you can sit down with yourself for a minute and just chill, right, with yourself, turn some music on, sit in the steam if you need. Like when I meditate, I meditate three times a day. So with me, um, I always sit in steam and I turn on meditation music. I turn on, uh, you know, certain things that I do with yoga and everything. And I just sit with myself. Right. And so for me, that slows myself, slows the pace of my life down. And I'm from a very fast moving city. So with me, if I have the opportunity to sit down by myself, slow my thoughts down, I have time to really think about things. And Jake, you'll be surprised. Well, not you. I know you, you know, but people will be surprised if if you sit down with yourself. The thoughts that you'll have. Right. Like, oh, man, I remember to do this and I haven't thought about this since last Wednesday. Right. Like, but you remembered it because you had the chance to sit down and just calm down. Right. Be one with yourself. So I think awareness is huge. And 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 like I said before, we don't we're not aware of a lot of things until we slow down. So I think just emphasizing awareness as a whole. But it starts with the mind first, obviously. I, I love that. And, and I love just the fact that listeners like it can be something as simple as five minutes in the morning. Turn on a little music. You can grab pen, paper, journal, like sit with your thoughts because it doesn't have to be big. And all of us, we can make five minutes to do that. And if we tell ourselves we're too busy, that's just kind of the average excuse. Uh, I told somebody that the other day, average people make the excuse. I don't have time. You can make five minutes, 10 minutes for little things. You're not going to get as much done as maybe you want. It's, we talked about this, the five minutes you put in, it's not going to change your life overnight, but consistently building that habit is going to completely change your self-awareness. And I think that's the biggest piece for it. I love how you talked about, you sit in steam. I actually will do it when I get into, I'll do a cryo chamber and I'll step mm-hmm. into the cryo and I have uh, head uh, headphones in mm-hmm. and I'll just put on a little music because it's cold and it's yeah. very uncomfortable. I feel better afterwards, but like when I'm in there, it's like focus on my breathing and just trying to clear my mind. And, mm-hmm. and it's amazing how much better I feel coming out of that mm-hmm. uh, than obviously before, not only physically, but mentally just it's taking that reset because for a lot of us, we are in rea- uh, reaction mode all day. Or we're not responding. We're not being intentional and planning. We're reacting. And so that starts when you lean over and you turn that phone alarm off first thing in the morning, then you get on Facebook or you're checking email. And, and that's a disastrous way to start the day versus turn off the alarm, immediately go move, get either a sweat, get with your thoughts, get still, whatever the case may be. But that piece that you talked about is so important. So I, I, I want to hammer that for listeners. Um, what, go ahead. That teaches, I think as well, you brought up a good point as far as just waking up and just turning over, looking at, fa- at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever may have you, that teaches us to be reactive, right? And I think um, like you have logic and you have emotion, right? When you react, you're going off of emotion. When you respond, you're going off of logic. Right. So you talk about decision making and, and, and forming habits and things like that. Try to make decisions based off your logic instead of your emotion. In other words, try to respond instead of react. You know? Absolutely. Like it. And it's, it's what you talked about from being in high school of watching situations and thinking, how will I respond in that? And how can we do that? And that's one of the things we put into our journal of like at night, what's something that didn't go well today? Where did you mess up? Where did you fall short? Where did you react with a kid or with a spouse that you didn't want to? 
Write it down, build your awareness. You may do it two to three more times, but the more you see it, the more aware you are of it, the more intentional you can respond effectively versus just reacting. So I love that. Dude, you are a, I would say a curious learner because when I had a chance to kind of prep for today and look at, at your LinkedIn, not only are you hustling because you've, you've coached, you've interned, you've got your own sports counseling service now, you're, you're like pursuing master's degrees like left and right, uh, which is pretty awesome because it just means like you're all about how can I learn and then knowing you from what I've learned online and in our interactions, how can I share this? And you were doing Instagram lives and you were sharing this content and you were trying to help others. And the one thing I want to ask, because we're at a point where a lot of people, they're still scared to post. It's crazy. They're, they're scared to press record. They're scared to put themselves out there. They're scared to have a conversation. And, and I say this because in December, like I told a story from my keynote stage that I'd never told before because I was terrified and I hid the story for years thinking it would discredit me. Mm-hmm. In reality, it did the complete opposite. And so now it's like working in more and more to my work. But for a lot of us, like we're scared to just have a conversation and, and we think, Here's the key. We think we have to know everything in order to help people. But one thing about you is every time you've been along the journey, it's like, I learned this. Let me share this. I learned this. Let me share this. And so where did that mentality come from? And and what would you kind of encourage to people maybe on the fence of like, well, I I don't know all of that stuff. I only know this like one or two things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's a phenomenal question. I think people have a fear of being judged, you know, the, the term that we use in mental health is FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Um, and there's a lot of anxiety that's associated with that. There's a lot of depression based off what are they going to say about me, how I'm going to feel after the fact. There's a lot of stress going into the situation because I don't want to be judged. I don't want to, I don't want to be judged, but I don't want to miss out. Yep. You know? um, but in regards to me, I think that, well, I know for a fact I have a gift and my gift is educating people. My gift is sharing with people. My gift is caring for other people, empathizing with people and uh, trying to, I guess, be a facilitator for them in regards to what resources do I have and how can I share them with you, right? Um, But society now, Jake, has made it so, it's just, it's so, it's so hard in society right now because people are being judged so easily. You know, I think that's the, social media has provided an outlet for us, has done a lot of great things. It's also done a lot of things that are detrimental to our character and our self-esteem. Um, I'm behind that keyboard. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, Because it's so, I mean, when you have situations where people are taking pictures next to cars that they have never seen before in their life. They've rented and, it and be like, sign up for my program. Right. It's like, dude, get off my car. What are you like? I don't know you. But that's because it's, I don't want to be judged. I don't want to take the picture next to my mom's 2004, whatever. Yep. I'd rather take a picture next to this Maserati on South Beach, you know, but these are things that and I've done a lot of research in regards to social media. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. Um, You know, you have situations where from a mental health standpoint, young girls are taking 200 pictures and picking one or picking two. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's different ways of looking at it. But people are being judged very easily right now. And to the people who are listening to this. I want to say, I hear you. Like I'm empathizing with you. Like, yes, I, I feel you. It's very easy to be judged, but understand you have a gift that can help out people that you don't even know. So don't be afraid to post whatever it is you want to post, whatever it is that you want to record, 
whatever you're good at, your gifts, your, your, your tools of success, whatever you want to call them, don't be afraid to display them because somewhere in the world somebody needs that and they're not even willing to stand up about it because, I mean, probably for the same reason you don't want to record because they don't want to be judged. So and, I, and I got to echo on that point that people don't, people aren't influenced, impacted, and encouraged by perfect. It's imperfections. Yeah. And so when we're doing those 200 pictures and we're trying to get that one perfect one and we don't talk about like where we messed up, where we fell short, we, we don't allow the opportunity to connect because as a human seeing it, you know, all of your faults, all of your flaws, all your mess ups, your mistakes, your failures. And when you only see someone online, that's just looks like they're always falling out, never anything wrong. You can't connect with that. You may be like, Oh, that's awesome. I want that. But you can't truly connect with it because you're like, they can't relate to me or right. where they are. It's too far from where I am that I'm never going to get there versus the reality of like, listen, I've been in your shoes. It was like two years ago. Here's the first thing I did. Here's how yeah. I got out of it. And so, man, I, I love that message. Uh, su such an encouragement. Obviously, that's what you do. You encourage, you help people. I love mm -hmm. it, my man. Uh, dude, so you do, you do life coaching. I know you're still working on a few things within Apollo as well, but for people that want to follow your content online, that want to learn from you, and then people that want to get connected, they may be looking for that life coach to help them with that next step in their journey, or, or they're struggling with some stuff from a mental side, either as an athlete or just as an adult dealing with life these days. Where can we find you on social? And then where's your website that we can get connected with? you? So social media, Instagram is Apollo Sports Counseling. Um, it's also Mind of BJ, M-Y-N-D of BJ. Um, I have a YouTube channel. BJ Armstead, as well as Apollo Sports Council on YouTube. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Yeah, everywhere. I have a new business out now called Mind and Body Athletic, Mind and Body Athletics LLC, um, where we do everything from the mental side to the physical side to the mental health to it's just an athlete's safe haven, heaven, dream, whatever you want to call it. Um, if you are an athlete, Mind and Body Athletics LLC. The Instagram is now up. Still working on the website. And so I got to ask, is it M-I-N-D or M-Y-N-D? Because your Instagram's M-Y. <laughs> it's M-I. <laughs> okay, okay. I just, I had to make sure. So we know what we're linking to everything. Uh, dude, we're going to be linking to all of that in the show notes. We'll even make sure we call it out for the athletes or for parents listening that you connected with BJ's message. You, you love some of the stuff he talked about. You want your athlete to hear more of it. Uh, there'll be some great places to get connected with that. But my man, thanks for hanging out today. Congrats on your, man, victorious last 12 months from a pro sports. And I say pro, Georgia's kind of pro football in Georgia, right? <laughs> we, we got the Bulldogs over the Falcons. So, like, congrats on the, the last year from a fan standpoint. But, man, more than that, props for the work you're doing to impact others. And, and I'm super appreciative you made the time to hang out today. Man, I appreciate you for having me, man. And, and, and one, one other thing I want to say about you, man, like a lot of things you taught me, you don't even know you taught me, but these things that you taught me have catapulted my career and things that I have wanted to do, such as reading the book, Compete Every Day. And just like when I read that book, it was like, oh, my gosh, like he's talking directly to me. So, I mean, just things like that. And I, I read it, I want to say five times already. Man. I've listened to it. I've ordered it on Audible. Like I've done all of these things, but man, you are blessing so many people, man. And I'm just, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. And I just thank you for having me on the show, man. Dude, I, I appreciate that tremendously and, and super excited what the future holds for, for us both and the lives you get to impact. So dude, thank you. Absolutely.
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit competeeveryday.com.